Kamala Harris releases a video betraying the actual Marxist philosophy of the new Democratic Party while Joe Biden shouts gibberish. Anthony Fauci touts Biden while Trump rips him. And we assess the final state of the race. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. Tomorrow is the election, guys. Tomorrow is the election. We're going to get to everything election-related, get to the final rundown, where we stand in the polls, because tomorrow the votes start, and tomorrow night it's all over, and then it's just a matter of vote counting. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let's talk about something that you should have done for yourself this year. If you haven't already done it, there's still time to do it. I'm talking, of course, about straightening out those teeth. Back when you were a teenager, you had braces, didn't you? And then your orthodontist said, you know these retainers, you're going to have to wear these. You just wear these pretty regularly. And about three weeks later, you flush them down the toilet and you never look back. Well, now your teeth have moved out of place because that's what happens over time. And you want to straighten those teeth out again, but you don't want the ugly braces because you are not 13 years old. So why not go get some Candid Clear Aligners? They are comfortable, removable, practically invisible, unlike wire braces. I've been using Candid myself to straighten these amazing chompers. You can transform your smile too without anybody noticing. Plus, your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. It's all done from the comfort and convenience of your own home. Candid only works with orthodontists, never general dentists like other companies. Plus, your supervising orthodontist will be with you every step of the way. With Candid, your treatment includes remote monitoring by the same orthodontist who created your plan, so you never have to wonder how you're doing. You will always know, which, of course, I love. The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then. It costs thousands of bucks less than braces. Start straightening your teeth today. Right now, all my listeners can save 75 bucks on Candid's starter kit. Head on over to CandidCO.com Shapiro. Use code Shapiro. That is CandidCO.com Shapiro. Use code Shapiro. Take advantage of this limited-time offer to save 75 bucks on that starter kit. CandidCO.com Shapiro. Use code Shapiro. All righty. So tomorrow, the voting begins. So let's assess the state of the race. According to 538, this is Nate Silver. And if you don't like data, skip the next 10 minutes, okay? Because we're going to talk a little bit of data here. I know there are a lot of folks on the right who want to ignore the data because they assume that the data is bad. Well, I'm not somebody who operates in the absence of evidence. So we will see how the data stacks up. If it turns out that the polling is all wrong, every one of these pollsters needs to learn to code, like right now. Because there are a lot of polls being done. And here is the thing. Here is the thing. Despite the fact that nationally, Joe Biden is up very, very wide. The fact is that the polls would not have to be wrong in order for Donald Trump to win this election. That's the thing that people are ignoring when they are getting very sanguine on the left about how this election is going to go. I'm looking at the Real Clear Politics polling average right now. In the Real Clear Politics polling average in the top battleground states, Biden is up on average 2.9 points. And nationally, he's up anywhere from 6 to 10 points by virtually every poll. But in the battleground states, Biden is up not all that much. In Florida, it's within margin of error. In North Carolina, margin of error. In Iowa, there was a big poll that came out over the weekend. We'll talk about it in a second, in which Joe Biden was down at 41%. And this is a pretty well-respected poll. And Donald Trump was at 48%. In Minnesota, Biden is up only 4.3%. In Pennsylvania, 4.3%. In Arizona, it is margin of error, basically dead even. In Nevada, Biden is up only 3.6%. In Michigan, he's up only 5.1%. In Ohio, it's dead even. In Wisconsin, he's up 6.6%. Texas is also very close. And Georgia is basically dead even. So what does that mean? It means that there are basically three election scenarios that are worth talking about. One is a very, very tight Trump victory. Trump ekes out an electoral college victory. He doesn't win the popular vote. There's pretty much no shot at him winning the popular vote at this point. But it is possible that he picks up North Carolina. He wins Florida. He wins Arizona. And then he picks up one more state, right? He picks up Pennsylvania. He picks up Wisconsin, or he picks up Michigan, right? Most likely of those is Pennsylvania, and Democrats are very nervous about Pennsylvania, as we'll talk about in a second. 
That is definitely a possibility. And the polls do not have to be wrong for that possibility to materialize. In fact, if there is a surge of Trump voters on election day, there's a lot of focus right now on early voting. Focusing on early voting is almost always a mistake. When you see people, analysts who are looking at the early voting numbers, the reason that's a mistake is because in 2016, they assumed that because so many people were voting for Hillary early, that meant that Hillary was going to win, that that was just a bunch of new voters who were voting early. It turns out that early voting might just be cannibalizing the vote from election day, right? You meant to vote on election day, and instead you were like, you know what, I'm not wasting my time at the polls, COVID's on, and so I'm going to go vote uh, a week early. So you didn't vote twice, right? I mean, you voted once, so it's not as though your early vote mattered more than your late vote. What may be happening here is a bit of a cannibalization of the later vote by Democrats. They're all voting early. Meanwhile, Republicans are waiting until Election Day, and you might get a big Trump turnout on Election Day. In fact, CNN rolled out this possibility yesterday. They called this the Republican surge scenario, and they trotted out this map. The Republican surge scenario is exactly the map that I was talking about, where Trump wins North Carolina, Florida, Texas, Arizona, uh, and uh, he wins Ohio and Pennsylvania as well as well as Iowa. Right? This is the most likely Trump victory map the one that we are looking at right now. This is from CBS, actually, right? This is where Trump wins 279 electoral votes and Biden wins 259. And it's a very close election, even though Biden wins the popular vote overwhelmingly, right? This is the, this is the best case scenario, I think, for Trump. The second possible scenario is that Joe Biden wins, but he wins narrowly, right? That Biden flips Pennsylvania right there. Go back to that map for one second. Biden wins Pennsylvania. And if Biden wins Pennsylvania, then that is enough to shift the vote to Joe Biden, right? Basically, everything comes down to Pennsylvania. Now, the big problem, of course, is that Pennsylvania is going to be counting votes for days after the election. So if this thing comes down to Pennsylvania, election night, just gonna, it's not going to end for days on end. The states that report the fastest, Florida reports pretty fast. North Carolina starts to report, but it takes a while for North Carolina to come in. Your first indicator as to how the night's going to go is probably going to be Florida. So if Florida comes in fast and it comes in for Trump, then Democrats are going to get very, very nervous. If Florida comes in blue, the election is all but over at that point, like right off the bat. So Florida is going to be your first indicator as to where things lie. Okay, so scenario number one is Trump ekes out a narrow victory. Scenario number two is Biden ekes out a narrow victory. Scenario number three is that Biden just blows him out, right? I mean, that's a possibility too. Biden is up in a massive way nationally in a way that Hillary Clinton was not. Hillary Clinton was up three to five points nationally. She ended up winning by about three points nationally in the popular vote, of course. And then she ended up losing extremely narrowly in those blue firewall states, and then pretty broadly in places like Iowa and Ohio. It is possible that Joe Biden bucks the trend here and Biden pulls it out in North Carolina. He pulls it out in Florida. Like things have narrowed in the last week or so. And this is the thing. Momentum seems to be with Trump at this point. Part of that is because you knew there was going to be an inevitable narrowing, right? That usually happens at the very end of elections. There's a bit of a narrowing. So that is not particularly unforeseeable. But you could end up with a scenario in which Biden wins everything, right? Right now, if there were no toss-up states, if you look at the, the real clear politics, no toss-up map, then what you would see is Biden winning a fairly broad electoral college victory. He'd win 335 electoral votes if the election were to hold up to the real clear politics polling average, including pulling out Florida and Georgia and Arizona. Now, I'm, I'm doubtful that it looks like that. My guess is that if Biden wins, it's going to be fairly narrow in the electoral college and fairly broadly in the popular vote. So those are your, your three scenarios. Biden blowout, Biden narrow victory, Trump narrow victory, right? Those are the three scenarios and none of them are impossible. So Nate Silver over at 538 has a piece today titled, I'm here to remind you that Trump can still win. Right now, all, sort of the analysts are suggesting that he has a 10% shot at winning, but he says a 10% shot is not a 0% shot. And Nate Silver says, the reason that President Trump's chances in our forecast are about 10% and not zero, as in 2016, Trump could potentially benefit from the Electoral College. Projected margins in the tipping point states are considerably tighter than the margins in the national popular vote. 
More specifically, Joe Biden's lead in Pennsylvania, the most likely tipping point state, is solid but not spectacular, about five points in our polling average. Without Pennsylvania, Biden does have some paths to victory, but there's no one alternative state he can feel especially secure about. So basically what Nate Silver is saying is that if Biden were to lose Pennsylvania, basically Trump wins the election. While a lot of theories about why Trump can win, about those shy Trump voters, are probably wrong, systematic polling errors do occur. It's hard to predict them ahead of time or to anticipate the reasons in advance. There is some chance, says Nate Silver, that Trump could win illegitimately. To a large extent, these scenarios are beyond the scope of our forecast. We'll get to that in a second, because for all the talk about how Trump supporters are readying for violence and all this, there's really only one group in the country that's readying for violence, and the media are, are fostering it. The media are fostering a notion that voter suppression is taking over the country, that Republicans are trying to throw out legally cast ballots. And that is just really not true. There's not evidence of widespread voter suppression. We're going to have record voting this year. Voter turnout in Georgia, in Texas, in Florida is at all-time highs. It is not close. There's some chance of a recount, according to 538, about 4% or an electoral college tie, around 0.5%. And Nate Silver concludes, before we proceed further, a short philosophical note. I hate when people use his phrases, such as Nate Silver is giving Biden a 90% chance. We aren't giving anybody anything. Instead, we're mapping uncertainty. In other words, if Biden leads by about nine points nationally and eight points in Wisconsin and five points in Pennsylvania and two points in Florida, how does that translate into the probability of victory? People have a tendency to go from 90% shot means that there's a 10% shot Trump wins to 90% shot means there's a 100% chance that Biden wins. And that obviously is untrue right now. The bottom line is that if Biden were to win by two to three points in the national popular vote, then there is a a better than average chance, a 57% shot that Trump actually wins the Electoral College. Biden needs to win by somewhere between three and five points in order for him to win the national election. So we'll see how all of that turns out. High voter turnout, the, the, the kind of typical conventional wisdom suggests that's bad for Republicans. The evidence there is pretty mixed, as pollster Kirsten Soltis-Anderson has said before. Okay, we'll get to more of the election analysis in just one second. First, let's talk about safety and security. So there are a thousand reasons why protecting your home matters to you. Protecting my home matters to me. I mean, I have three small children, three under the age of seven. That means that they are running around constantly trying to hurt themselves. And I need to have an eye on them. Well, the problem is I have three young children. I'm only one human being and I do not have six eyes. Also, I only have one body. So I cannot divide myself into three and then chase each one of them around, which means I need cameras. Right? I need to be able to keep an eye on my property and keep an eye on my kids. This is what Ring does for me. Whatever you call home, Ring has everything you need to protect it. See and speak to whoever is at your front door from anywhere with video doorbells. You can keep an eye on every corner of your house with easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams. You can protect your whole home with Ring Alarm, a powerful, affordable, whole-home security system you can easily install yourself. Get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit right now at ring.com Ben. It comes with that Ring Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. It is the perfect way to start your Ring experience plus free two-day shipping. Go to ring.com Ben. That is ring.com Ben. Again, ring.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Ring.com slash Ben. Keep an eye on your property and keep yourself safe. Okay, so back to the analysis. As of approximately 7 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, more than 90 million Americans had already voted in the 2020 presidential election. According to the University of Florida U.S. Elections Project, this is according to Frank Camp at Daily Wire, that's a combined 57.6 million mail-in ballots returned and 33.4 million in-person early votes cast. Several states have come close to matching their 2016 total turnout. Two states have already exceeded those totals. Voters in Texas have already cast nearly 10 million ballots. Voters in Hawaii have cast 484,000 votes. That is 110% of their 2016 vote totals, respectively. There are other states that are already almost at their total vote total. This would be like Montana, Washington, Georgia, New Mexico. They're all above 90% North Carolina as well. Some states appear to be holding back. Maybe a lot of people are waiting for Election Day. 
Pennsylvania has only hit 38.4% of their 2016 total. Ohio stands at 48.4% as of Saturday. Looking at the polls in the battleground states, it appears to be an increasingly tight race, though incumbent Donald Trump lags slightly behind in key areas. So that is where things stand right now. Right now, if you had to sort of ballpark out which states you keep the closest eye on based on the real clear politics polling average, it would be North Carolina and Florida would be your early indicators of where the election stands. If Trump loses either one of those early, then it's going to be a bad night for Trump probably. Um, Pennsylvania, obviously, is the key swing state at this point because Trump still needs to pick up Pennsylvania. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Trump declaring premature victory. Speaking to reporters on Sunday evening, Trump denied he would declare victory prematurely. And there was a lot of rumors that basically a lot of Democrats are worried that Trump is going to come out the night of the election because in-person election voting is likely to skew Trump and say, I won the election. And then the Democrat won't concede and then there'll be chaos. Trump has basically said he's not going to do this. Trump's also added, I think it's a terrible thing when ballots can be collected after an election. I think it's a terrible thing when states are allowed to tabulate ballots for a long period of time after the election is over. I mean, honestly, I don't think that he's completely wrong about that. I mean, we should generally know the election results the night of the election or as fast as humanly possible. It is also true that while we do tabulate ballots for, in some cases, weeks after the election, that's why the original vote totals never look like the final vote totals, the idea of being able to receive ballots after the election, uh, which is what you're talking about in Pennsylvania, is really not is really not great. Trump is uh, likely to appear ahead in Pennsylvania on election night, but mail-in ballots are likely to come in the following days. So mail-in ballots counted after election day as set forth in state-by-state rules are as legitimate as in-person votes recorded November 3rd. Many states won't be done counting mail ballots by Tuesday night, according to Axios in Pennsylvania. State law prevents election officials from counting mail-in ballots before election day. Night of counts may, in fact, be deceptive. So that is sort of where things stand. Apparently, the Trump team says that they are doing better than they expected in Texas, Nevada, North Carolina, Arizona, and Wisconsin as well. There's one poll that is scaring the devil out of Democrats right now, and that is a poll in Iowa. So Trump did win Iowa going away last time, but Biden was very competitive in Iowa. Now, there's a new Des Moines Register Mediacom Iowa poll. It's, it's conducted by Selzer & Company, which is the most respected firm in the state. It finds Trump leading Biden in Iowa by seven points. The, t- the two candidates were tied at 47% back in September. This is according to Hank Berry in writing for Daily Wire. The Des Moines Register noted it has a margin of error of plus or minus 3.4 percentage points. However, while men are more likely to support Trump and women to support Biden, the gender gap has narrowed. Independents have returned to supporting the president, a group that he won in 2016. So that looks like more Joe Biden is fading than that Trump is gaining. So... This has led Trafalgar Group chief pollster Robert Cahilly to comment, we've noticed that these polls are predominantly missing the hidden Trump vote, what we refer to as the shy Trump voter. There's a clear feeling among conservatives and people that are for the president. They're not interested in sharing their opinions so readily on the telephone. We've, people, we've seen people beat up, harassed, doxxed, have their houses torn up because they express political opinions that are not in line with the politically correct establishment. So we're going to find out you know, whether that is true or not, how much of a shy Trump vote there is. Also, the gap is closing a little bit in Wisconsin as well. There's an Atlas Intel poll conducted between October 29th and 30th that found President Trump now leading Joe Biden 49.6% to 48.5%. That Atlas Intel poll found that Trump garnered 17% of the black vote and 41% of the Hispanic vote in Wisconsin. Other polls recently conducted show Trump main, uh, show Trump still trailing Biden in Wisconsin. If Trump wins Wisconsin, obviously, he wins the election as well. He needs to win one of the following three, Michigan, Wisconsin, or Pennsylvania. He does not need to win two of the three or three of the three, assuming he holds all of the other states that he was holding. 
So the election, you can feel the Democrats want to celebrate prematurely, but they better be careful because they did this with Hillary and it didn't work out particularly well for them. Again, Florida is the one to keep your early eye on because the votes come in very, very fast and they are tabulated as they come in. So that variable voter turnout, initial estimates seem to indicate the Republicans in Miami-Dade County are turning out to vote at a higher rates than Democrats. About 63% of the 428,000 registered Republicans voting so far compared to 56% of the 634,000 registered Democrats. In Broward County, around 61% of Democrats have voted so far. 56% of registered Republicans are as well. Biden America Votes, which is a, a pro-Biden organization, obviously said we've got to stop the bleeding. 59% of registered voters have already cast their vote in advance of Tuesday's election. This is according to Ian Hayworth at Daily Wire. So again, bottom line, too close for comfort. Too close for comfort for Joe Biden. You'd rather be in Biden's shoes than be in Trump's shoes on election night at this point, given the polls. But this thing is not over. And it means that voter turnout the day of is going to have to be very, very good for, for Trump. Okay, so what are the final pitches for the various campaigns? Well, you know, we've got the usual old men beating each other up with clubs routine. We've got the, the grumpy old men routine going on. You have President Trump beating up Biden and Biden suggesting that he wants to physically beat up Trump and they suggest they want to fight each other, which, I mean, for the record, honestly, I would have enjoyed a lot more than this actual campaign, which has been just a bleep show from beginning to end. Here was uh, here were Trump and Biden going at it in the final day of the election. Do you remember like a year ago, year and a half ago, I said, I'd like to take him to the back of the barn. Well, a slight slap. You don't have to close. You didn't close your fist. Now they say he's inciting violence. The president likes to portray himself. I love this. Likes to portray himself as a tough guy. When you were in high school, wouldn't you have liked to take the shot? Anyway, it's a different story, but anyway. Okay, so it's, it's all good times. Old men threatening each other physically is always... It's my kind of politics. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. So that, that's, that's good times. Uh, the, Biden also mocked Trump, Trump's hair, which is very important. I, I'm told that this is a man who, who raises the standard of American politics, right? He's, he's Captain Classy over here. Uh, so he's mocking Trump's hair. It, politics is not a sport for the stupid, obviously. It's something we take very seriously. Every election is like the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Here is a Joe Biden. So we, we have a, a gibberish-speaking, nearly senile old Democrat versus Donald Trump, a man from whom words flow at an unprecedented rate of bizarrity. That's not even a word, but I've made it up just for President Trump. Anyway, here was, uh, here was Joe Biden uh, over the weekend mocking Trump's hair. This is all, this is, okay, you know what? America deserves what it gets. Here, here's Joe Biden. Today he said he is a, I think he said perfect physical specimen. Maybe that's why he thought he was able to write off $70,000 on his taxes because he needed special hair care. Seriously, 70,000 bucks right written off for hair care. I tell you what, man, I hardly have any hair, but I'd rather have what I have. Okay, um, he's had hair plugs. Everybody knows that Joe Biden's had hair plugs. We used to call him Plugs Biden. Right, I'd be like, oh, God, <laughs> Okay, so everything is incredibly stupid. We're going to get to the actual final pitch, right? You have the stupidity of the politics. Then we'll get to the actual final pitch because Kamala Harris kind of let the cat out of the bag. And let me just put it this way. If you are one of these, I'm saving conservatism, never Trump folks, who've decided that the way to save conservatism is by electing Biden-Harris, all I can say is that at this point, you're a useful idiot. It's one thing to sit out the election and say, I don't like either of these candidates. I refuse to participate. But to actively vote for Biden-Harris, knowing what they are promulgating uh, is... Uh, if you think you're saving conservatism, it's because you're a useful moron. We'll get to that in one second. First, 
Let us talk about your sleep quality. So let me take as an example last night. So last night, finally gets to sleep. It's like 11.15. And then my baby wakes up at about 5 a.m. And then my other kids wake up at about 6 a.m. Well, what does that mean? It means the hours between 11 and 5, those better have been good hours for me to sleep. The good news is that they were because I have a Helix sleep mattress. It is made just for me. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattresses, the perfect mattress for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a hot sleeper, whether you like a plush or a firm bed with Helix, there's no more confusion and no more compromising. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. That's the last time CNN told the truth. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They've got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you absolutely will. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders for our listeners. Get up to 200 bucks off at helixsleep.com slash Ben. Again, that is helixsleep.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Helixsleep.com slash Ben. Okay, so President Trump's final closing pitch on Joe Biden is that Joe Biden has spent his entire career doing nothing but helping out his family, which effectively speaking is kind of true, right? The only major piece of legislation that Joe Biden was responsible for, he has now run directly away from. That, of course, would be the crime bill of 1994. Here was Trump going after Biden in the closing hours of the election. For decades, Joe Biden let other countries rip you off, rip off our country and cheat America blind. And there was a group, they would just, they would let him do anything. Biden has been there for five decades, and the only people who benefited from his policies were himself and his family, frankly. He shows up every four years and then goes back to Washington and caters to special interests. But my only interest is you. Okay, fair enough. Meanwhile, Joe Biden was shouting gibberish on the campaign trail, so that was exciting stuff. His entire pitch is that he's not Trump, right? We all know this, right? That, that, that it's, it's Trump versus not Trump. That is, that is this entire election cycle. And Joe Biden is just the default not Trump guy which means that if he is indistinguishable from the pumpkin sitting behind him on a haystack during his campaigns, it's not terrible for him. It is a reminder that he's not going to be president for very long. Okay, Anybody who thinks that this guy, he's 78 years old, that he's going to be around for eight years and that he's going to be a bulwark against the hard left, they got to be high. Like, that's not a thing. Here is Joe Biden speaking gibberish over the weekend. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. Barack and I think it's a right for people that bad in care. What? <laughs> what now? Um, so this is so you're, you're, one of your big problems with Trump is that he's inarticulate and uh, and says things that you don't understand. So you're going to make president a person who doesn't speak English anymore, who once spoke English as his first language, but no longer speaks English. Meanwhile, who actually is going to fill the cabinet? So Elizabeth Warren apparently has been lobbying very hard for the Treasury Secretary position. Uh, you, you have Bernie Sanders lobbying very hard for Secretary of Labor. So we could have like a full-on socialist cabinet under Joe Biden, which would be very exciting stuff. Here's Amy Klobuchar, who is just eating her heart out that, that Joe Biden did not pick her, right? That would have been the smart play. We'd pick Amy Klobuchar because Minnesota actually is up for grabs. And Klobuchar is also less radical than some of the other Democrats. Here she was on uh, Fox News on Sunday saying she has no idea who will be in the cabinet, which is definitely something that makes me much more comfortable having a, a senile old man who is going to, Make sure that we mobilize behind a true number and also that we fix America's health care. Here is uh, here's Amy Klobuchar. 
Right now, Joe Biden is focused on uniting this country, and our party has stayed united. But what I think is really important to realize, he has brought in people like John Kasich, former governor, Republican governor of Ohio, Cindy McCain campaigning yeah, but he's not for him. He's not going to be in the, the cabinet. Country. I'm but, talking about Elizabeth Warren as no. tre Treasury Secretary or Bernie Sanders as I, Labor I Secretary. I have no idea who he's going to pick for the cabinet. What I do know is the way he has run this campaign, the way he has said he's going to be the president, not just for the people that vote for him, but the people that vote against him. That's how he's going to govern. Uh, no, that is not how he's going to govern. Now, how do we know that that's not how he is going to govern? Well, first of all, he labels his opponents just bad people, right? This is this is the, the the real pitch for Democrats is that the people who vote against Joe Biden are bad people. So when Biden is capable of uh, pushing words through his face, he sometimes says things like Trump supporters are ugly. So here, here he was in Minnesota over the weekend suggesting that horn honking Trump supporters are, are ugly people. This isn't a political statement like those ugly folks over there beeping the horns. This is a patriotic duty, for God's sake. None of those ugly people beeping horns that are didn't but a stutter horn. Get off my lawn! Yes, yes. Get ready for eight years. <laughs> it ain't gonna be eight years of that, and we all know it. Which brings us, which brings us to the most important video of the weekend. Hey, this one was released on purpose by Kamala Harris. Okay, it wasn't like just a normal Biden gaffe. It wasn't like just Biden barely being alive. It wasn't Kamala Harris dancing in the rain or something stupid like this. This was an actual video put out by Kamala Harris in the waning moments of the campaign in which she overtly endorses communism. Yes, that is, that is what happened over the weekend. That is a thing that actually happened. And the likelihood that she ends up as president if Joe Biden ends up as, a, as president, very, very, very high. I mean, the, Joe, Joe Biden should just watch his step around slippery stairs if Kamala Harris is nearby. He should get a food taster immediately. Immediately. For, for the sake of his own health, he should have a, a food taster. Maybe Chris Christie will still be available. We'll, we'll get to... <laughs> Sorry, Chris. We'll get to that in, in just one second. First, let us talk for just a moment about life insurance. So speaking of food tasting and life insurance, yeah, you, you actually do need life insurance. If you are a person who is a responsible human being and you have dependents, you need to make sure that you are that your family is protected in case, God forbid, something should happen to you, like you get elected president and then your vice president is ambitious. You need to make sure you have life insurance. But how do you obtain excellent life insurance? Well, you could head over to policygenius.com. Right now, you could save 50% or more by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance. When you're shopping for a policy that could last for more than a decade, the savings really do start to add up. Here's how it works. First, Head on over to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need. You can compare quotes from top insurers and find your best price. Policy Genius will then compare policies starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to skip that in-person medical exam. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and the red tape. The best part, they work for you, not the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they take care of everything just for you. If you need life insurance, head on over to policygenius.com right now to get started. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it is nice and very, very important to get it right. Okay, so all of this brings us to the video of the weekend because this is the Democratic Party. Okay, so the Democratic Party has been hiding their agenda behind the, behind the Potemkin village that is Joe Biden, right? For those who don't know what a Potemkin village is, if you've ever seen the end of Blazing Saddles where they construct an entire fake town just for the posse to ride into, Joe Biden is the fake town, right? Joe Biden is just a series of facades and one nudge, and the facade falls over, and there is Kamala Harris laughing like the Joker. Okay, so Kamala Harris put out a, a video over the weekend that is an explicit endorsement of communism. That's really what it is. I'm going to play it for you. And it is crazy. 
It is fully crazy. So it is about the the supposed difference between equality and equity, right? So there is a difference between equality and equity. I've made this point many times, right? The idea is that if, if two people are in a room and one person has $5 and one has one, that doesn't mean something unfair happened. There could be a thousand reasons for that. Maybe the person with $5 invested well. Maybe the person with $5 worked more hours. Maybe the person with $5 provided a good or service worth $5 and the person who has a dollar provided a good or service worth a dollar. There are many, many reasons for discrepancies to exist in life. There are many, many reasons for discrepancies to exist across groups. It is possible that in any group scenario, there will be inequalities. That does not mean inequity. Inequity is unfairness. Kamala Harris in this video suggests that the only way that you can ensure that no inequity has taken place is if everybody ends up in the same place, which is called communism. That is just communism. So here she is explicitly endorsing communism the day before the election. This is wild stuff from Kamala Harris, who likely will end up as, as president if Joe Biden is elected. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we could get the same amount, but you're still going to be that far back behind me. It's about giving people the resources and the support okay, they it's, need. It's cartoon so that everyone can ground be is going up. on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place is an insane statement. That is an insane statement. Okay, equitable treatment means we all end up in the same place means that the way that she is judging whether fairness has taken place is by the end result. So she's just Ibram X. Kendi, right? This is Ibram X. Kendi's point. He says that if, if there's any group disparity, right, if blacks and whites end up with a disparate income level, if there's an income gap between blacks and whites, that means that some inequity has been done to black people. Now, of course, this is nonsense. There is a, a statistic that came out over the week, and it shows that Asian women are now earning more on average than white men. So is that because of inequity? Is that because the constitutional system of the United States is somehow geared against white men and on behalf of Asian women? How? Explain. Okay, why is it that people all over the world have been unable to achieve equality of outcome? Well, because many of us have different qualities, right? Some of us are very athletic. Some of us are very smart. Some of us are neither. So like, we all have different qualities. What we all have the capacity to do is work hard and make good decisions, right? That's the one thing that you can do. Now, you can make the argument that if somebody has been historically discriminated against, that trying to help them out, give them some extra benefits, like a helping hand in order so that they can get closer to that start line, right? This is something that Lyndon Baines Johnson suggested in the 1960s, that that would be a good thing. The problem is that when the government decides that they are responsible for cosmic justice, as Thomas Sowell has said, when the government decides that it is their job to ensure that everybody ends up in the same place at the end of the day, well, you end up with this dramatic inequity. You end up with dramatic unfairness cruelty, malice. You end up having to suppress the success of some in order to benefit others who are not making the same decisions. Because again, decision-making in a free country is the chief factor in how your life is going to go. So this assumes, of course, that the system is built to keep people down. The system is rigged to keep people down. And the only way that true equality and therefore equity exists is if you rig the system in order to help some at the expense of others. Okay, that is... That's what Ibram Kendi says, right? Ibram Kendi says injustice to, uh, injustice yesterday can only be solved by injustice today. Injustice today can only be solved by injustice tomorrow. And the way he defines injustice is everybody receiving the same thing at the end of the day. Okay, this is a recipe for Marxist tyranny. The government does not have the capacity to ensure that everybody ends up in an equal outcome. 
All the government has the capacity to do is ensure that everyone's equal rights are protected. That's all the government has the capacity to do. The government does not have the capacity to do anything else. Once it starts picking winners and losers, it can just as easily pick somebody who doesn't deserve something as it can pick somebody who does deserve something. It can just as easily violate somebody's rights on behalf of somebody else as it can the reverse. The government is not God. But Kamala Harris and the Democrats are treating government as God. I mean, that's an insane video. And the fact that she put that out, narrated by Kamala Harris the day before the election, that is an overt Marxist statement. It is not covert. It is not subtle. That equality, I mean, that, that final slide of it, right? The, the final image in which it's two people standing at the top of the mountain because now one person has been artificially boosted so that they can grab the bottom of that rope and then climb up the mountain. That final, But the final statement there, which is that equality of outcome is the goal, all right, all right, because it turns out the only way you can ensure equality of outcome is to get rid of equal rights, is to get rid of individual rights. You have to treat people as widgets or moldable by the social systems in which they live. It ignores that people have natural differences. It ignores that people make different decisions. It ignores that there's differences between how people are brought up. There's differences in environment, in home environment. I mean, it just ignores all realities on the ground in favor of this, this weird and disgusting Plato's Republic vision of a utopian society in which the government molds everybody from birth in order to achieve equal outcome. I mean, a lot of people, by the way, who read Plato's Republic, this is the, the sort of Straussian read, uh, is that a lot of people who read Plato's Republic think that Plato's Republic, which talks basically about a communist utopia, is meant parodically because Plato was smart enough to recognize how stupid that would be and that it absolutely would not work. Okay, so that is what you're getting. And Joe Biden, all of this is, is him just soft-selling you on what Kamala Harris is hard-selling you on. So if you love that, th this is why I said, if you're voting for Joe Biden in order to stop Donald Trump because you think that Joe Biden is going to save the country, or you think you're saving conservatism because Trump is just such a bad guy, so vile, so vulgar that you need to vote to oust him, and then you're putting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in charge, good luck. if you're saving conservatism by electing out-and-out -out Marxists, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Okay, in just a second, we're going to get to the, the intervention of celebrities in the campaign because that's exciting stuff. Plus, some Trump-Biden clashes around the country will talk about the possibility of violence, which seems to be getting worse as we near the election. First, let us talk about the fact that if you are low on energy, let's say that you have children who wake you up at all hours of the night, or let's say that you're one of my producers and you work for me and I am a very, very demanding human being. This means you need super beets. Super beets soft chews. They combine non-GMO beets with a powerful clinically researched ingredient, grapeseed extract. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Chews has been clinically shown to be twice as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Better blood pressure means more energy the way nature intended without the jittery caffeine or the stimulants. Now you can take just two delicious chews a day anytime, anywhere to get the blood pressure support you need and the energy you want. Support your heart health with delicious Super Beats Chews. Get your Super Beats Chews today at GetSuperBeats.com slash Shapiro. Our producers, they guzzle them like they are going out of business because number one, they taste good. Number two, they're very good for them. When you buy two bags, Super Beats will throw in the third for free. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Shapiro. You will enjoy them again. Special deal. GetSuperBeats.com slash Shapiro. When you buy two bags, they will throw in the third for free. How do I know it's working? Because if they hit the reverb at the correct time when I say Super Beats, that means they have been taking their Super Beats. Alrighty, in just a second, we're going to get back to the campaign celebrities intervening in the final days. And the media also putting their two cents in. Plus, we'll get to lockdown politics. Anthony Fauci finally coming out of the closet and basically just endorsing, endorsing Joe Biden. We'll get to that in a second. First, 2020, as you may have noticed, this year has been garbage. And one of the reasons it's been garbage is because all of the 
festering wounds that were kind of bubbling underneath the, the skin in America, just boiled out into the open. And, and those festering wounds are not going away. If Joe Biden wins or if Donald Trump wins, there's a deep philosophical conflict of visions in the United States. I describe it in my book, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. So one of the questions I get most often from people listening to the show is I have friends, I have family, I have kids, and they don't know enough about American philosophy or about why people are trying to rip it down. I wrote a book about this, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps is that book. It's relevant before the election, it's relevant on election day, it is relevant beyond the election. If you want to understand the conflict of visions that is happening right now in the country, you need to read How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. You should buy it for your high schooler, you should buy it for a college student, you should buy it for friends and family, because the fact is that if we hope to change the philosophical direction of the country and revivify our fealty to the founding principles of the country, we have to understand them. That's what the book really is about, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. Go pick it up right now. Also, in case you missed it, we had another great episode of the Sunday special yesterday with author, columnist, documentarian Shelby Steele. He talked about white guilt. We talked about racism. We talked about President Trump and Black Lives Matter and all the rest. I think it is enlightening. I think it is, Shelby Steele is a brave dude. Go check out our episode over the weekend with Shelby Steele. It's really, really worth the watch. Go watch right now at dailywire.com or you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, also, as we've been talking about, the Democratic Party would love to move the country in a radically different direction. And you just saw Kamala Harris talking about how we need equality of outcome. Joe Biden has pledged over the weekend more lockdowns, more masking. Joe Biden has promised over the weekend that he wants to start banning guns, infringing on your Second Amendment rights. The Democrats have fully endorsed the idea of intersectional identity as opposed to individual identity. They believe the founding principles of the United States are mere covers for brutality and bigotry. They endorse the 1619 Project. They endorse Black Lives Matter. They endorse Antifa. All of this is going to be exacerbated if Democrats win. So we are covering the election in detail, and you can watch the election with us. It is a vital election. Our live stream starts Tuesday, November 3rd, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. It features special guests, live interviews, and more, including many surprises. Leading up to our evening show, we'll be covering the results with you in real time. Even better, join Daily Wire right now. Get 25% off with code ELECTION, so you can watch all of our election coverage live on our Apple TV or Roku app. We have so many surprises, so much good stuff for you. Go check us out right now. Make sure you check us out at dailywire.com and use that promo code ELECTION for a special deal. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So as everybody ramps up for Election Day, there's a narrative that has gone out across the land from the media. And that narrative, of course, is that the Trump supporters are the ones who are going to get violent. This is something that, that Democrats have been pushing for a while, even though the amount of violence that is driving from Trump supporters when it comes to political violence across the country. Uh, we just watched cities burn. And the media tried to proclaim that it was white nationalists and Trump supporters who were doing the burning, which, of course, is very, very silly. In the lead up to the election, we have seen that businesses all over blue areas are boarding up. So and th this is one of my favorite things about the media is their, their perfect willingness to ignore the, the absolutely obvious around them. So Wolf Blitzer over the weekend, he uh, tweeted out, a picture of businesses being boarded up in Washington, D.C., of CNN. He tweeted out, I never thought I would see so many buildings here in the nation's capital boarded up on the eve of a presidential election in anticipation of possible unrest. And it's not just in D.C. It's happening in New York, L.A., and elsewhere around the country. So sad. I wonder who's doing that. I wonder, I wonder why they're boarding up businesses in, you know, every blue area. You think they're doing that because uh, they're afraid of Trump supporters? Or could it be that the media, which have steadfastly refused to acknowledge that left-wing violence has been plaguing the country throughout the year, maybe it's those people. Maybe the fact is Trump supporters are not going to riot if Trump loses, but Biden supporters are absolutely going to riot if Donald Trump wins. Maybe it's that. And shockingly, the same media 
who seem so bewildered by people boarding up their businesses have been happily covering and praising the folks over at Black Lives Matter for the entire year. A video emerged over the weekend of Black Lives Matter protesters abusing cops in New York City. Some of them are not wearing masks, by the way, but the good news is that the virus is woke, so it doesn't matter at all. As we know, the woke virus does not affect people as long as they wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt and spit on cops. I hope all of your children get raped and killed! You're a I hope that all of your children get raped and killed. These are the, the, Don't worry, they're boarding up businesses because Trump supporters might be really bad. As proof that Trump supporters are really bad, Democrats have trotted out video of a bunch of Trump train caravan supporters, this is a bunch of trucks in Texas, surrounding a Biden bus on an interstate. Apparently, according to the local newspaper, the Texas Tribune, uh, they said the FBI is looking into a Friday incident in which a group of Trump supporters driving trucks and waving Trump flags surrounded and followed a Biden campaign bus as it drove up I-35 in Hayes County, is according to a law enforcement official. The Washington Post reported Biden staffers called 911 to get a police escort to their next location. And uh, they suggested that this was a, uh, a, you know, ugly, terrible Trump supporters who were trying to slow down the bus and run it off the road. Actually, what the vehicles kind of show is that the the vehicles, the, the tape seems to show the vehicles surrounding the bus. Again, this is stupid. Don't do this, anybody. It's idiotic. Okay, but they surround the bus, and then a, a Biden vehicle starts swerving out of the uh, out of the lane and moving into the lane of some of the other trucks. You can see some of the video here. So you can see here are all the, the Trump trucks, and they're surrounding the Biden truck. You can see there's a white SUV behind the uh, Biden bus, and that white SUV actually starts veering out of his lane uh, into a into a lane where a Trump truck is going. Again, is is all of this smart? No. Is is all this stupid? Absolutely. Are people deeply worried about Trumpian violence after the election? Uh, I, I have serious doubts that that is in fact the case. There were clashes in Beverly Hills as well, according to Fox News. The Beverly Hills PD declared an unlawful assembly Saturday after fights broke out between Trump supporters and counter protesters. The USA Freedom Rally was planned for 3 p.m. Pacific and featured multiple Republican California congressional candidates. A group of protesters, mostly clad in black, marched from Roxbury Park to the site of the USA Freedom Rally. Lieutenant Max Subin of BHPD told Fox News a couple of members got into a violent attack on a pro-Trump member. So it's Antifa that attacked the, uh, the Trump assembly. Shocker. I can't believe it. Uh, this was reported, of course, as a clash between Trump supporters and non-Trump supporters. So if Trump supporters do something wrong, then obviously this is indicative of all Trump supporters. If people hate Trump and do violence, then it's just a clash between Trump supporters and Trump non-supporters. So all, all sorts of good stuff happening across the country. Meanwhile, celebrities have now weighed in. Uh, I was waiting. Uh, I thought it was vital. Uh, by the way, the, be the best celebrity post of the weekend actually did not have to do with the election per se. It, it came from genius political voice Alyssa Milano. So she, uh, she tweeted out a picture of herself wearing a Ruth Bader Ginsburg Halloween outfit. And she tweeted out, happy Halloween, RGB forever. Close. Not quite. Okay, then she tweeted out, she, she deleted that because it turns out that it's um, RG, uh, RBG, not RGB. Then she uh, corrected it and she tweeted out the same picture. Happy Halloween, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Only one problem. She spelled Ginsburg G-I-N-S-B-E-R-G. It is with a U. So then she uh, deleted it again. <laughs> so <laughs> our celebrity class, we need to hear more from them. Absolutely. Well, if you want to hear more from them, Lady Gaga cut a video telling you to vote, which is what I needed. I need Lady Gaga pretending to be a down-home girl not, you know, a, a giant Hollywood starlet who wears weird crap all the time. Uh, here she was throwing away a perfectly good can of beer while telling people to vote standing next to a truck. 
which I guess th- this is what people who are in Hollywood and they are from New York think of what people in the middle of the country look like. I don't know that people in the middle of the country throw away perfectly good cans of beer or dress like they're cosplaying a hunting outfit. That is, that is solid stuff here from Lady Gaga. Hey, this is Lady Gaga. I'm voting for America, which means I'm voting for Joe Biden. And if you live in Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Florida, or Arizona, I encourage you to vote. And if you have a friend that lives there, tell them to vote. I'm gonna be in one of these states tomorrow. Guess which one I'll be in? Hint, I used to live there. Okay, that, that, that can of beer still had beer in it. The 2020 election. Okay, so if, if that motivated you to vote, may I suggest that you never vote again for the rest of your life? Can I, can I just suggest that? I, I just, I feel like that's not like a great thing. That was her worst performance since Sin City 2, A Dame to Kill For, I think. Right? Not, not, not a solid performance. That was, that was not quite a Star is Born stuff from, from Lady Gaga right there. It was much easier for her to play herself in, in A Star is Born than to play, you know, like a red state American. Meanwhile, Jeff Daniels was brought on TV. It, it's always exciting to me when, when Jeff Daniels uh, cuts political ads because remember, he, he's played politicians in the movies. It's hilarious to me when, when celebrities do this. Like, you see, you've seen Martin Sheen do this before. It's like, I play a politician in the movies. Therefore, I am like a politician. Like, no, no. You know, George Clooney played a doctor on TV. If I have a heart attack, I'm not calling George Clooney. But here, here, here is uh, Jeff Daniels lecturing us all on politics. In Michigan, we don't pound our chests and blow our own horns. We just get the job done. We suit up, show up, and get to work. We take responsibility. Here in Michigan, we don't believe in paying off porn stars to keep their mouths shut about who we really are. I need Hollywood to lecture me. And we don't think much of a man who disrespects women. Oh, you mean like Harvey Weinstein land over there? In fact, we don't think he's much of a man at all. Uh, Michigan deserves a president. I'm glad glad that we had all of these people sound off. Now, here's the, the point that I'm making. Listen, we can make fun of celebrities all day. And believe me, I would love to because they are some of the dumbest people in the world when it comes to this stuff. Now, I'm not an expert on cinematography or lighting, and they are not experts on politics in any way, shape, or form. But the point that I would like to make here is that there's been a complete merger now between media and celebrity, like a complete merger, right? Jeff Daniels will be featured on MSNBC as like a regular guest. Alyssa Milano is featured on CNN regularly. And and my favorite thing about the media, who are really the, when we talk about the silent majority in this country and people say, oh, maybe there's a silent majority for Trump, there's a very non-silent minority in the media who are pretending they are objective. That's their, that's their silence. But they're not objective in any way, shape, or form. They're just part of the media celebrity culture. Okay, media, ho- the Washington, D.C., Hollywood, New York complex, right? Meaning media in New York, Democratic Party in Washington, D.C., Hollywood complex. They are all the same. They're all the same. Barack Obama was a movie star. He was not just a president. Jeff Daniels isn't just a movie star. He's a politician. And members of the media are not just members of the media. They're celebrities. So how do you know this? Well, over the weekend, I thought this was actually kind of telling. So Kirstie Alley, who is a celebrity, right? Which means she's entitled to her opinion like anybody else. She happens to be closer to my side of the aisle on a lot of issues, but I don't think she's an expert on politics in any real way. So Kirstie Alley tweeted out something about how Democrats want more lockdowns. CNN's communications team tweeted out, Kirstie, you are welcome to change the channel, just like countless viewers did every time Veronica's Closet came on TV. But don't downplay the loss of nearly 230,000 American lives. And please wear a mask. CNN is just a celebrity outfit. 
CNN and TMZ are indistinguishable. Really, I mean, like, I don't, like, that's CNN's comms team responding directly to Kirstie Alley. Don't pretend to me these are serious people. Don't pretend these are serious arbiters of the truth. Speaking of non-serious arbiters of the truth, here's Brian Stelter over the weekend, a very reliable source, reliably sourcing his journalisming. Here he was talking about how this election is a referendum on fantasy and conspiracy theory. Tell me more, CNN, CNN reliable sources guy who monitors the Fox News channel every waking hour, but can't spend like 30 seconds, 30 seconds checking his own channel for bias or foolishness. Here is Brian Stelter suggesting that if Donald Trump wins, it's a victory for fantasy and conspiracy theory, as opposed to, you know, a victory for CNN, which would be technically a referendum on uh, fantasy and conspiracy theory. The coming days are a test of American democracy. The world is watching live through this network and others. America passes this test by staying tied, tethered, secured to the truth. America may fail this test if lying politicians and propagandists drown out what's true and replace it with what they want to be true. Failure means succumbing to fantasy and conspiracy theory and hate and division. And there's already too, too much of that. Okay. Can, okay. I, I'm sorry, but the, the hypocrisy here is beyond words. And Brian Stelter sounds exactly like every other celebrity in Hollywood when he says these things, right? It's all about ending hate, says CNN, which promoted for solid, solidly like a week, the Covington Catholic non-scandal, right? CNN, which spent its time declaring that Brett Kavanaugh was probably a gang rapist. CNN, which trots out people like Brian Stelter to dismiss any sort of questions about Andrew Cuomo and Chris Cuomo and bias at the network. Don't pretend I'm supposed to respect these people as objective journalists because they are not. We are living in a world of fantasy and conspiracy theory when you pretend that CNN is objective journalism. It simply is not. It simply is not. And they aren't even trying anymore. And speaking of fantasy and conspiracy theory, notice something. Democrats right now, they keep talking about how Republicans, they have this conspiracy theory about voter fraud. There's going to be tons of voter fraud. Now, listen, I don't think there's a lot of evidence that there's widespread voter fraud. We've had evidence in particular districts. There was an evidence actually of voter fraud being used in a North Carolina district by a Republican. We've had evidence of voter fraud in Minnesota. We've, have, we've had evidence of voter fraud in Washington state. Right? It depends on the race. In close margin and very narrow going, sometimes voter fraud can make a difference. It can. But are we talking about like hundreds of thousands or millions of ballots that are being put out there via voter fraud? I, I don't think so. I don't see evidence of that at this point. But the same people who are saying we shouldn't worry about voter fraud on the left are saying we should deeply worry about voter suppression. So the same media telling you that we are, you know, that, that this is a referendum on truth and fantasy, they're suggesting that we are going to, that if Donald Trump wins, it can only be due to voter suppression. They're pressing this narrative like nothing. They're, they're pressing this narrative every single moment of the day. The built-in excuse is ready. The same media that, why, why in the world are they boarding up all the windows in Washington, D.C.? while ignoring Antifa and Black Lives Matter? Why exactly are they boarding up all the windows in Washington, D.C.? I mean, I mean... Also, at the same time, saying that if Trump wins, it can only be through voter suppression. Um, I think I know why they're boarding up all the windows in Washington, D.C., my people. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. The Democrats are pushing this narrative as well. Here's Ayanna Presley over the weekend saying that uh, long lines are voter suppression. If there are long lines at the polls, that's voter suppression. Nope. Voter suppression is uh, like when Bull Connor turns fire hoses on black people. That, that, that's voter suppression. Voter suppression is like when Saddam Hussein gasses the Kurds. Voter suppression is like when there's an actual poll tax designed to disenfranchise people. Voter suppression is not when you have to wait in line for a thing. That is called waiting in line for a thing. Here's Ayanna Presley pushing voter suppression as a theory and CNN nodding right along. 
we still find ourselves in the civil rights movement. And right now we have the opportunity to write the next chapter in our civil rights history. You know, what were fire hoses and dogs are today's, what happened in my district, arson at drop boxes, is voter, uh, voter suppression and intimidation uh, with long lines. So it is just more of the same, but it is also why we must be more emboldened than ever before when our democracy, our livelihood, and our very lives are all on the ballot. Our lives are on the ballot. So Democrats say our lives are on the ballot. Voter suppression is the only way Trump can win. And then CNN's like, but why is everybody afraid of violence? It's got to be the Trump supporters, right? It's all the Trump people. It's all the Trump people. Okay, well, the, the final closing argument for Democrats in the end is basically twofold, right? It's, it's that Donald Trump is a very bad, bad man, mean man, very bad and orange and all that. And it's also that America is bad. And therefore, if Trump wins, it's because America is bad. If Trump loses, America is still bad, but they've had a, a moment, a moment, a glimmer of hope. But if Trump wins, then it has to be because of voter suppression and fire hoses and dogs. I mean, the, the fact that there's no pushback by Don Lemon there on Ayanna Presley tells you what you need to know about the media democratic complex aided and assisted by, by the folks in Hollywood. Okay, so there is also another aspect to the pitch when it comes to Donald Trump being very, very bad. And we all know this. The final closing pitch for Democrats on why Donald Trump is very, very bad is because Donald Trump is a miasmatic evil force across the land responsible for COVID. Right? There's, there's an almost biblical view that Democrats in the media have of COVID, which is that America deserves this. That because we elected Donald Trump, we deserve this. They had the same view, by the way, of the wildfires in California. Joe Biden has said similar stuff about global warming. Like if we get rid of Donald Trump, global warming will stop. It will cease almost immediately. It's amazing. He has said if we elect him, there will be, no, there will be fewer wildfires in California, which, um, no, just no. That is, that is anti-scientific nonsense. But the, but the basic philosophy here is that Donald Trump is a miasmatic evil force lying over the land and that the only way to relieve that miasmatic evil force is to get rid of him. And we have been struck with the plague. America has. We were struck with the plague because Donald Trump was elected president. And if Donald Trump were not president, then the plague would go away. And this has been, this, this sort of logic has been shown through the prism of COVID, right? COVID itself is now a referendum on Trump. If it weren't for Trump, COVID would just go away. It would just go away because there, there's apparently a big red button in the White House labeled stop COVID and Trump refuses to push it because Trump is COVID. COVID is Trump. Now, from Trump's perspective, he's saying, listen, I'm not pushing lockdowns because lockdowns are bad policy. And guess what? We've locked down. We've watched Europe lock down, and Europe is now spiking harder than the United States is by leaps and bounds. But all of this COVID talk is being refracted through that lens, right? That prism of Trump is bad and evil and everything COVID related is about Trump. So Trump happens to be more accurate about this than the Democrats are. He actually is. When Trump said, not about the efficacy of masks, not about the deadliness of the disease, but when Trump suggests that this is a choice between a vaccine and a lockdown and that lockdowns are bad policy, he's not wrong about this. There are a variety of policy choices that are on the table. None of them are good. None of them are good. And Trump's actually being more realistic about this than Democrats in the media are. But for Democrats in the media, understand that it doesn't matter what policy is chosen. The only policy that they care about in terms of getting rid of COVID is getting rid of Trump. There is an almost religious belief, an almost faith-based belief that if Donald Trump exits office, if he, is, if he is thrown out of office on November 3rd, that COVID will immediately wane across the country because the adults will be in charge. It's just not true. Here is Trump making the case instead that lockdowns are bad policy, which happens to be true. This election is a choice between a Biden depression or a Trump super boom. We're going to be booming. We're going to have the greatest year. You had the best year we've ever had last year. We're going to have the best year next year. We're set for it. 
It's a choice between a deadly Biden lockdown. He wants to lock down. We're never locking down. Or a safe vaccine that ends the pandemic. And we, frankly, we're going to end it anyway. The vaccines are coming. Okay, so Trump is providing an actual choice here, right? He's talking about policy preferences. But for Democrats, understand, it's not about the policy. It's about the man. And so Anthony Fauci has lent his support now to this. And as I've said before, I've been, I think, quite willing to listen to Anthony Fauci and his statements. I've said all along, Anthony Fauci engages in single-factor analysis. His single-factor analysis is, how do I prevent COVID deaths under any circumstances? And if that means that I lock everybody's front doors and I weld them in their houses, essentially, then that's what we should do. Right? Anthony, COVID, Anthony Fauci has been, from the beginning, about single-factor analysis. He has not looked at the downside of lockdowns, really. He refuses to talk about the downside of, of lockdowns. When he does, he does so in vague terms. He suggests that masks are capable of doing more than they are capable of doing. And, and now he's very upset at Trump. And he's speaking out publicly, like in the days before the election, about how much he dislikes Trump. Listen to the way that he poses this, Anthony Fauci. Okay, this is according to the Washington Post. President Donald Trump's repeated assertions, the United States is rounding the turn on the novel coronavirus, have increasingly alarmed the government's top health experts, who say the country is heading into a long and potentially deadly winter with an unprepared government unwilling to make tough choices. We're in for a whole lot of hurt. It's not a good situation, Anthony Fauci, the country's leading infectious disease expert, said in a wide-ranging interview late Friday. All the stars are aligned in the wrong place as you go into the fall and winter season, with people congregating at home indoors. You could not possibly be positioned more poorly. Well, actually, I think that there are ways we could be positioned more poorly. For example, what if hospitalization rates weren't down 80%? What if we were seeing spikes in all of the southern states, like the spikes that we saw in New York originally? which we're not seeing, by the way. What if New York were seeing a second spike like we've been seeing in New York originally? That isn't happening. In fact, as it turns out, the best guarantee of having a massive second wave is to have a very small first wave. The harder you lock down, in the, I've been saying this for months, the harder you lock down in the first place, the worse it's going to be when you release the lockdown. This is what you are seeing all over Europe. Fauci said the United States needed to make an abrupt change in public health practices and behaviors. He said the country could surpass 100,000 new coronavirus cases a day and predicted rising deaths in the coming weeks. Okay, that's that's true. He spoke as the nation set a new daily record Friday with more than 98,000 cases. As hospitalizations increase, deaths are also ticking up with more than 1,000 reported Wednesday and Thursday. Fauci's blunt warnings come as Trump has rallied in states and cities experiencing record surges in infections and hospitalizations in a last-ditch effort to convince voters he has successfully managed the pandemic. Fauci said that, the, and here's where you get to the, the part that matters. Fauci said former VP Joe Biden's campaign is, quote, taking it seriously from a public health perspective. Trump, Fauci said, is looking at it from a different perspective. He said that perspective was the economy and reopening the country. Okay, well, it turns out that you have to actually take into account both of those things, right? You can't ignore the economy and reopening the, the country by looking at it only from a quote-unquote public health perspective. There are public health consequences to locking people down for years on end. There are public health consequences to shutting down the schools. There are public health consequences to the kind of policies that Joe Biden is promising at this point. But of course, Fauci is now lending his support to the idea that only only Biden is taking this stuff super seriously. And then Trump, of course, falls directly into the trap of saying maybe he's going to fire Anthony Fauci. Now, the reality is that Anthony Fauci should have a very specific role inside the government. His role inside the government should be to talk about the dangers of the virus. Okay, but he was immediately put out front. This is a mistake. He was immediately put out front to talk about COVID policy. That is not his job. He is not the policy guy because the policy guy is supposed to be the person you elect. Nor is it a solution to say, as Joe Biden does, that you're just going to shut everything down. Nonetheless, Trump being drawn into a late minute battle with Fauci is exactly what Democrats have wanted since March. 
Here was Trump at a rally suggesting he's going to fire Fauci after the election, which is a bad closing pitch considering Fauci is more popular than the president by polling data. Don't tell anybody, but let me wait till a little bit after the election. But this all plays into the media's general narrative about COVID. And again, the media's narrative is that religious narrative. That's also Joe Biden's narrative. It's not about policy. It isn't. Okay, remember, Joe Biden's actual stated policy is no different than Donald Trump's, except he says masks and lockdowns more. Okay, but the media have bought into this. So here is Chris Wallace over the weekend suggesting, hasn't Trump failed at containing the virus? Well, hasn't everyone failed at containing the virus? I'm sorry we couldn't transform the United States into a small island nation like New Zealand. I'm sorry that a country of 4 million people in a less in a, in a lightly trafficked area of the world is not the same as a country of 330 million people in one of the most heavily trafficked areas of the world on planet Earth. My bad. But this media narrative is a lie. It is a lie that has been promulgated, and it's a lie that they are going to use to try and club Trump out of office. Here was Chris Wallace pushing it. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the government's top expert on infectious disease, tells The Washington Post today, we're in for a whole lot of hurt. You could not possibly be positioned more poorly. He says he hasn't spoken to the president since early October. Corey, hasn't the president failed at his biggest job this year containing the virus? Okay, that question is so loaded. No one has contained the virus. Germany hasn't contained the virus. The UK hasn't contained the virus. France has not contained the virus. The hell is he talking about? And by the way, again, if you look at the states that are experiencing upsurges right now, they are all the states that did not experience an upsurge in the first place. So basically, once it burns through an area, it's burned through the area. I've been saying that for months, and it seems to continue to be the case. If you look on a county-by-county basis, the places hardest hit the first time are the least hard hit the second time. So what kind of policy are you recommending that's going to be good? And here's the reality. Joe Biden isn't recommending policy that's going to be good. So Joe Biden just puts out these faith-based insane statements. Joe Biden literally tweeted this out over the weekend. You ready? I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. How to put this bluntly. How to put this, how to put this uh, genteely. Bullshit. Okay, I'm going to shut down the virus. How are you going to fart on it? What are you, how are you going to shut down the virus, Joe? Really, I, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear how Joe Biden is going to shut. And if he knows the answer, then what exactly is the answer? If he's got a hit in his back pocket right there to shut down the virus, how? Explain. Ex- like, really, detail for me. How are you going to shut down the virus? The answer is the entire media infrastructure and bolstered by, by Fauci, saying that Biden takes it very seriously. Their, their argument is that once Trump is out, then the virus will wane. Okay, he's not going to shut down the virus because no one is capable of shutting down the virus. The hell are you talking about? We can't transform ourselves into New Zealand. We can't transform ourselves into South Korea. We're not going to weld people into their houses. Europe is getting hit worse than we are. It's amazing how the media went from, Europe is handling this exactly right. We should be handling this exactly like Europe to, Europe, never heard of Europe. What is Europe? Is Europe a continent? Who is Europe? It's like they, they just come, Europe is gone. It's incredible. Europe for months was, why can't we handle this like the Italians did? Why can't we handle this like the Spaniards? Why can't we handle this like the French or the Germans? We should be handling this like the Europeans. Then they spike worse than we are. And it's like, I've never heard of Europe. Europe is not a place. Europe is an idea. Europe is a fantasy. Okay, it's all nonsense. No, Joe Biden isn't going to shut down the virus any more than Joe Biden is going to moonshot cancer. He's been saying that for years. I'm going to create a moonshot, a moonshot. Really? Because it, it turns out that most of humanity has apparently not been focusing sufficiently on trying to stop cancer. It turns out that we've not been spending billions of dollars to try and stop cancer. Joe Biden's going to do it. He's going to get in office. 
And he's going to stop death. Joe Biden is going to stop death. He can't, he can't stop himself from falling apart, but he can stop death. That he can stop. If you believe this, it's because you wish it to be true. You are wish casting this crap. Over the weekend, Joe Biden tried to explain how he was going to shut down the virus. He was going to push a national mask mandate he himself has said is unconstitutional. We're going to act to get COVID under control. On day one of my presidency, I'll put in action a plan I've been taking about, talking about for months, already laid out, a national mandate, mask wearing, social distancing, testing, tracing, all things, as President Obama just said, that should have and could have been put in place months and months ago. All the things, masking, they have in Europe. Okay, testing and tracing, they have in Europe. You know what? You know what happened with testing and tracing? Nothing. It turns out the only way you can test and trace is if case count is low and there's no community spread. I am I, eager to hear from Joe Biden how he plans to test and trace in a country with 100,000 new infections a day. Seriously, really, really eager to hear about it. How he's going to test and trace. Does he plan to employ all 330 million Americans, including children, in the testing and tracing process? That's yeah, a hell of a government employment program. But don't worry, he has the solution. He's going to shut down the virus. He's going to just shut it down. And that's going to solve everything. Meanwhile, Andrew Cuomo, whose book was chosen by Amazon editors as one of the best of the year. Again, the title of it should have been If I Did It, like O.J. Simpson. But he's, he's captain. I'm shutting down the virus after letting it wipe out every old person in New York. Here is Andrew Cuomo over the weekend. So he's, he's rolling out a new policy. His new policy is he's going to mandatorily test everyone entering New York for COVID. Now, number one, there are serious problems with doing mass testing in this way because you end up with an awful lot of false positives and an awful lot of false negatives. Right, tests are not perfect. Beyond that, it has been longtime FDA policy that mandatory testing of the healthy is generally bad policy. Nonetheless, here was Andrew Cuomo declaring that he's basically shutting down a state, not to Connecticut and New Jersey, by the way, but to everybody else because he's handled it so brilliantly. So he is going to try and turn New York into an island nation. We'll see how that goes for Andrew. If you are coming to the state of New York, within three days of arriving in New York, you must have tested negative and have proof of a test within three days upon your arrival in New York that says uh, you're negative. Once you arrive in New York, you must quarantine for three days and then can take a test on the fourth day and if the test on the fourth day says you are negative, then, God bless, you're released from quarantine. Yeah, um, that's not going to work. And uh, there are several reasons it's not going to work. One, not everybody is going to do the test. Two, the incubation period on COVID is two to five days, not three. Seriously, if he's going to do this, he actually has to quarantine everybody for like a week. It doesn't work if you quarantine. Let's say that you were exposed to COVID and then you traveled and you waited three days, and then you tested negative. Guess what? You could still be positive for COVID. Okay, that's not the way any of this works. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is all posturing bullcrap. It's going to spread where it's going to spread. The only thing that you can do is lock it down. And if you lock it down, all you're doing is delaying the impact. But again, all of this is based on this bizarre, weird notion that there's a way to control this. We know the answer. We know the answer. Okay, we don't know the answer. Nobody knows the answer. It's a bunch of hogwash. But it's part of a broader narrative, and the broader narrative is everything is Trump's fault. Again, it goes back to that religious belief that if we get rid of Trump, all problems are solved. Okay, well, I think that people are going to um, find out very quickly that if Joe Biden is elected, not all problems are solved. 
Here's actually my prediction of what happens with COVID if Joe Biden is elected. If Joe Biden is elected, what you're going to watch is a continuation of caseload across the winter because that's going to happen no matter what anybody does or no matter what anybody says, right? Because people are going to go indoors. It's going to be cold in the Northeast. It's going to be, it's all the areas of the country that are coldest right now that are getting hit. So during the winter, there's going to be that second wave that everybody talked about. In some case, in most cases, it actually constitutes a first wave because in many areas that were already hard hit, they're not going to get a big second wave. Okay, so you're not going to see a huge second wave in Arizona or in Florida or in Texas. You are going to see a, a big wave in the states who are currently seeing a big wave. And there, there'll be increased deaths because even though we have gotten better at treating this in hospitals, it is still true that along with increased caseload comes increased death. By January, it's already going to be going down right? because just like this is what happened in March, right? It went up in March. It went up in April. By May, it was already starting to come down. It's going to go up in November. It's going to go up in December. By January, it's already going to start to come down. By the third week of January, when Joe Biden would take office, it will already be on the downside of the curve. Joe Biden will then declare a national mask mandate, regardless of whether it is constitutional. And he will do a big speech asking everybody to socially distance. And then the curve, which is already starting to decline, will continue to decline. And then Joe Biden will declare that he has defeated COVID. That is my prediction. Bank on it. Okay, put that, seriously, seal it, put in the time capsule. We'll uncover it on January 31st of next year if Joe Biden wins victory, and we'll see if I was right. Because all of this has to create, it's all about the political myth and the deeper political myth, okay? What that really ties into is the deeper political myth that Democrats have been purveying for generations, which is that government is the solution to all your problems. Government cannot solve every problem. Government can't solve cancer. Government can't solve COVID. And government can't solve the problems of inequality of outcome. But if you're a true believer in the state, if you're a true believer in Marxism, if you're a true believer in the idea that the state controls all aspects of life, this is where you end up. And that's really what the election is about. The election is about whether you get to control your life or whether these guys are going to control your life. If you want to make it about a battle of personalities and that's what you decide to do, all right. I mean, you can, but it's you treating politics foolishly. Politics is about who gets to control your life, you or people in Washington, D.C., who say they can solve all your problems. And if you believe the latter, you're the sucker. If you can't spot the sucker in the room, it's you. Alrighty, we'll be back later today with two additional hours of content. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow for Election Day. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, the Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Our associate producers are Nick Sheehan and Rebecca Doyle. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Poland bans abortions, Muslims murder Christians in France, and the Biden-Harris campaign embraces socialism. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So... 
I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 